my whole team was just because it hasn't been done before it doesn't mean that it can't be done now so I was very strong willed it gave me the platform to to put a map in place of how I could actually do it subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us Welcome along. Wednesday Night Rugby coming at you. Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent here in studio. Hello, Rory. Evening. And would you look what the cat dragged in. How are you? In bloody studio. There you go. I haven't seen you for ages, Joe. Was I just saying to you outside was we were having a quick coffee. I would think it's pre-COVID. Yeah, could have been. Could have been. It's good to be back. Mm. Up in the big smoke. You look the same. When you look like you're 50, when you're, I've looked like that for 30 years, you know, it, it doesn't really change that it's, much. That's starting to pay off now, isn't it? Well, I don't know if it's paying off. It just is what it is. I've, uh, I've grown into my age. Yeah. Luck has been consistent. Yeah. Uh, so plenty going on. We had the URC weekend just gone, which was very good from an Irish point of view. Four wins. And we have upcoming fixtures. Ulster, Edinburgh, Friday, 7.35. Uh, Leinster away to the Bulls on Saturday at 3. Munster back to the scene of the crime. Uh, Sharks Saturday 5.15 and then Connacht go to Glasgow and they will know by the time they go to Glasgow what they need there to secure Champions Cup Rugby 7.35 on Saturday so we'll get into all of that but I want to start with what you said to me outside aside from the fact that I'm fraying around the edges since you last uh, saw me Uh, Sam Prendergast so I thought you were going to play this right down you know I've been there I've seen it all before I've seen the new kids on the block Let's just wait and see. It is my form um, and I don't like overhyping it. And I know Leo came out during the week and said, look, the the, the media like to um, uh, pretty much like to um, overhype everybody. I've watched him a bit this year. I don't know where my hype um, radar goes with it. He's a joy to watch Um, and not because of his skills and you know, playing under 20 is different you can try different things it isn't as disciplined um, it isn't as uh, organised as as other rugby um, but I watched him play down in Cork for a couple of the matches I couldn't get over his composure um, he's a bit of a wonky run which is interesting Um and then you see him outpace a French winger to to collect a ball, go down, get up, take the tackle. He's a, is he six three or six four? He's a big he's a big kid. Um, and then you say, well, okay, let him let him play, let him kind of figure out where he's going to be, how it's going to manage. And then Leinster do as they've done fairly consistently, which is throw guys in at the deep end at times and on the right chance at the right opportunity, um, with nothing at stake but pride for the most part. Um, playing at altitude everybody kind of sucking diesel a little and he's Mr Composure for the end of the game to bring a team from behind to win down there with you know he can't win anything with kids you know it was I actually thought it was fantastic and I don't know if you can hold back the hype but it's again skills are fine and you, there's huge amounts of kids with talent in the country and you can see them when you watch any of the underage games but it was, he had all the time in the world to do whatever he wanted it didn't seem to matter what was happening whether he was flat to the line whether he was catching a ball in the middle of people deciding to kick it out over his shoulder he was totally unflappable so I was I was excited watching that um, I'd like to see 
you know, he has to be big enough and strong enough to deal with playing at at higher level. And there is a um, development uh, phase that he has to go through that. But he's just so calm. I mean, it's it's rare. There's um, there's only one other guy that is showing that calm at the moment. You know. Oh, he's not. Well, no, he, he in in terms of calm. He's that. But I, I, but sorry, that's still a big statement. Yeah, and so. So I, I look, I like the fact that you have a young fella um, who comes on and there is a standard that's been set. So we've been complaining, not complaining, but we, you know, we're saying Johnny's playing and Johnny's playing and Johnny's fat. You know, I thought he sh- probably should have retired a couple of years ago. Um, I'm happy to eat humble pie on that. Um, nobody has taken the jersey off him. Nobody has looked like taking the jersey off him. And... But I think you're now seeing younger guys coming through saying there's a standard that has to be got there. Mm. That's the standard they have to go for. So I I just enjoyed watching him play. I don't know whether you would accelerate him into an Ireland squad or not. I kind of think at times you'd want to. I mean, I, I'm the Before one... The World Cup. I'm, the, I'm the one who's permanently trying to say, look, you have to look after these guys. You have to try and make certain that they're, 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 they're good enough. Um, but... Um, it's it's a it's gone strange like it's in in the last three or four weeks it's gone unusual so we look at Munster down at at, at the uh, at the weekend um, Crowley played pretty well um, Ben Healy came on and actually took control of the game I think you've Joey who who would have been there thereabouts has has gone down a little bit and we hope he gets his confidence back again. Um, there's been a couple of injuries. Ross Byrne has come back in. He has done pretty well. But it's not cut and dried as to who, who it was. It might have been three months ago, and it isn't now. Mm. So I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough. But I've seen enough to be excited by the talent that's there. That composure, is a that's a hard thing to actually get. Mm. So you've seen enough that you wouldn't rule out bringing this guy to the World Cup? I don't, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that. And I need, like, he needs to play like he needs to play plenty of rugby mm. and if you get him to play rugby you know I don't know whether that fits in yet and um, there, there's a huge risk in terms of elements of that but, but I, I just it's a, it's a joy watching him yeah. and I watch do you know what do you know what was really exciting for me was down in down in um, um, Mosgrave Park and watching it there was a load of kids um, you know I don't know what age they were sort of teenagers they were all excited by him there was a kind of star pulling yeah. power that's that's a pretty cool thing to have and uh, look I don't know and I I actually get Leo's idea look let's not overhype this um, but um, I still look at French teams tend to put those guys in at 19 and 20 yeah. you know so Mac was in at 19 the night of the drop yeah so you break it down right so Saxon's obviously there and I think Byrne is definitively second choice and Byrne is going to basically start your whatever's left in Leinster's season he is going to get three or four big games in the Aviva Stadium to prove his case and I think he's done enough now to say he's probably going beneath that there's very little between the, the chasing pack Frawley and Harry Byrne have remained with Leinster and will play we're on the bench for the last couple of games and Harry Byrne while the game was over against Leicester did have some lovely touches he's almost a forgotten man and you kind of feel like he's lost his kind of momentum that he was he was getting picked ahead of Ross at one stage in the cycle 
So they're there and have a chance to impress. And it's very hard to see how Prendergast gets into the Champions Cup team. But could they get him into the URC knockout team? They've done it with Ross over the years. They do say that his frame needs a bit of... They need to put some size on him and that he's and that the S&C team are trying to put, almost hold the performance team back or the, the rugby team back in terms of we need to put more size on this kid and the rugby guys are like, well, look what he's able to do. So then you've obviously got the... Jack Crowdy's got two caps and was in every training session for the Six Nations, but he can't be that far ahead of Prendergast. He's starting against from Munster now. He's seen off Carberry to, to a degree. So he's ahead of... Prendergast, but how far ahead of Prendergast is he? Carty is playing for Connacht. If they get a run in the in, in the, he's got a long way to come back from. But he's playing rugby, so I don't think he's that far behind. But I wonder with Farrell's obviously going to be the Ireland coach for the next cycle, and and does he say, well, let's get let him go to the World Cup in, at the Under Twenties World Cup in South Africa and lead that team and win an Under Twenties World Cup potentially, or because he's probably the best Under Twenty certainly in Europe. I haven't seen enough of New Zealand, South Africa, Australia. But or does Farrell go? No, that's a, that's a development tournament. I want this guy training with me on June sixteenth as our fifth out half. I want to see what he can do in that environment. And with that bank of training and three warm up games, can I get him to the level where he's he's there? I think it's an outside bet. But Farrell, who made his professional debut at what sixteen, you know, his son played at seventeen for Saracens, and and you know he was playing for England at a very very young age. He's not afraid of giving youth his head. He has promoted young players in the past. It seems very late in the cycle, but this kid has something. And I think Andy Farrell's a very good judge of a player. And I, I think he'll be excited by what he's seeing. It's just whether he can just bring himself to leapfrog yeah. those guys. But he's been ruthless as well with his selections. Well, I was laughing because I was slagging you off last week for losing the run yourself for two weeks ago with Ryan Baird. I'm lo- losing the run of myself <laughs> this week. And I, I accept that sort of stuff. I think it's a lovely conversation to kind of, to have... Um, because it's a change from what we would do traditionally, mm. and um, uh, you know, and maybe there are certain things that need to change for us to try and move on to that next level when it comes to to World Cups. And I, I'm kind of comfortable having that as a sort of spitball conversation yeah. because it's an interesting way t- to go about it. But I just, he, but he is calm. You know, there's something... Uh, and there's a seven-day turnaround, at least, between every game at the World Cup. So how much action is your third-choice 10 actually going to get? So how much risk is there in bringing someone, even Crowley, who's only got two caps and will win a cap probably during the summer, but he's still very unproven at that level. Prendergast is two, three years beneath that. He's got less physical development. He hasn't led through a Champions Cup campaign in the way that Crowley has, although he wasn't even starting at 10 for... Like the guys ahead of him are not that f- much further ahead of him. I'm discounting Carberry because he just—I don't see how you get into the World Cup squad from where he is now. But he obviously has 37 caps and is 27 and could do that job if he was. And that's a, that's a topic we may return to. But from Prendergast's point of view, I suppose he needs to play well enough this week against, against the Bulls for Leo Cullen to, when when he gets back in Dublin next week to go. How can I leave this guy out? Maybe not against Toulouse, but the following yeah. week they've got a URC semi-final. Uh, sorry, quarter-final against possibly one of the South African teams, possibly Connacht, depending on how far He's going to have to make changes for that if there's a final to come. Does Prendergast get a little bit of a run in those knockout games? If he does well in those, does he come into the conversation? There is a route there, but I think it's for, I think it's going to be hard for him. And so, and so do I. I. Actually, but I look at it in this and say, I want to see him play again. Yeah. That's, the, that's, the, that, that's the part. Because I think he offers something that's, that's unbelievably exciting. Yeah. So whether that is in time for, for this, which I think is incredibly unlikely. Yeah. Um, or not but it's it's kind of watch the space really I thought you were going to throw cold water on this whole thing I, do you know what I just 
I like the game. And I like the game with people who who who, who light it up a little. I can't think of you being as excited by a young player that we've talked about in the last decade. Um, uh, I, it, a lot de- a lot depends. A lot of the guys that we've been really excited about tend to have been forwards that are coming through with mm. a with a huge amount of talent that's sitting ahead of them, yeah. and we say, yeah, he's great. He's going to be fantastic. He's going to push him. He's going to push him. And there's a huge amount of miles that are left in the other people. Um, we are, we have been searching, uh, and we are consistently searching, and we're still searching for a backup to Johnny. And when you're doing that with a guy who's 37 years of age, that's a kind of it becomes more uh, front of mind conversation than what's going to happen in two or three years' time. Harry, World Bur- Cup is Harry. now. You know, it's like you know, I, I, it's I four, think do you the, wait for four years? Well, I think the World Cup thing is crazy because. Say for a second Johnny gets injured group stages and Ross Byrne goes down in the first five minutes of a World Cup quarter or semi-final. That's a lot to ask Sam Prendergast to come on. It is. Of course it is. But it's a lot to ask Jack Rowley to come on. Of course it is. Mm. And Joey Harvey's got more experience but he's lost form and lost momentum. And, and if, you go back, if you go back a few World Cups ago um, New Zealand ended up with a guy who'd pretty much retired from rugby playing to put over the last gig yeah. to win. So Look, anything can happen. That's and that's the point for for the conversation. What I would say is that was our first chance to see him yes. playing in a URC a URC game, um, to play as uh, composed as he did, as well as he did. I just want to see more. No, that's so fair. I think that's fair. I think that's pretty pretty good. So I'm excited by that. I'm yeah. allowed to be. I think you are allowed to be. And do you think? I mean, the way you're both talking, this guy's going to be the Irish number ten for the guts of a decade. I actually think we have options. They are just all on different trajectories, which we didn't for a while. So I think there is a good few guys that are there now. I'm still disappointed. I, look, I, I've said this before, and it would be it down to his own um, decision to go, but he wasn't feeling. But when I see Ben Healy coming on the other day and taking control, I'm I'm a bit disappointed because for me it looks like Munster are a little bit vulnerable at ten now again. So because he's going to go and who's next up up on that and uh, I, I again I, I want to see Joey get his his mojo back um, and and try and you know lead lead from the front again because that's what's required we need as many it's looking for two and three players yeah. in each province that are able to control games so like I would say have you know have Prendergast as soon as we can get the more he plays the more we'll see whether that's going to be is he going to be there for that I'm not making that comment but I'm saying he's exciting here and now so post World Cup you've got Ross Byrne Joey Carberry 27-28 and you've got Jack Carty who's 31 and Billy Burns I suppose who hasn't been capped for a while and I think I would write off but I suppose he's there starting games for a province and then you've got this coterie of young talent I know Frawley's not he's 24 now Kieran Frawley I think he's really good 10 I think they really like him he would have been capped he was ahead of Crowley until he got that injury in the A game you've Crowley you've Prendergast you've Harry Byrne all within between 20 and 24 that's a lot of talent Yeah. now a lot of them are playing for Leinster and can they try and manoeuvre one of them up to Belfast to challenge like they got Jake Flannery up in, in Ulster who they like but they still pick Billy Burns when it's crunch time Um there is more we're in a much better place if Johnny had retired in 2019 after the Japan World Cup we would Ireland would have been in a much weaker position now Carberry looked like he was ready then and he got loads of injuries but it was two years with no Joey Carberry I think we're Ireland are in a much stronger position now in terms of 10s and while I think Prendergast can be that player 
he'll have some competition. I think Crowley's a really good player. I think it's very soon for him still because he because they didn't pick him a 10 for so long. They almost gave Joey so many chances before settling on him. It's very late in the season for him to be leading the team. Um, but it looks like they're going to go with him now. And, and come this time next year, I think he'll be, you know, he'll have a lot more Champions Cup experience. He'll have a Six Nations with Johnny gone. Like The, the whole picture is going to change next year when he's yeah. gone because he's such a commanding figure. He's the captain. Um, and like who Leinster go with next season is going to be interesting if Ross Burns away at the World Cup does it open up the picture during the URC for someone to go and take that jersey it's a, it's, it's a very healthy highly competitive without that dominant alpha that Johnny is now Prendergast looks like he might have a bit of that but you know at 20 it's hard to be as commanding as Johnny is and whether he has that drive <coughs> look we're we are of course totally losing the run of ourselves because we're basing you are. on one game at that level but I don't think he'll go I, but I can no. see a case, I can see Farrell considering it. I think he's too good not to consider it. They got to talk about it. Is, is this good? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, we'll see if he plays a bit, a few more matches. Yeah. Okay. It's all potential now. Yeah. But last Saturday was very. That's impressive. one. That's one point on the graph. Yeah. Fair enough. We'd like a couple more. One last uh, question to you. It's more of a general one, but you can answer it through the prism of Prendergast, because you have mentioned a few times Keith his calmness and his composure. That's something we associate with an older player. Yeah. What do you think? Is it intelligence? Is it a personality issue? What do you think imbues a young player in particular on his Leinster debut with calm? He shouldn't have calm and space around him. Yeah, I, I look, I don't know him. So um, you're kind of speculating from afar. But what I would say in the 20s games in particular, the first 20s game he played, he had a very mixed 30 minutes. And uh, at the start, like really mixed, it was kind of you trying stuff and different things. And you have to then you have to adjust your own head and say, OK, this isn't the rugby that you're watching all the time. This is a, a group of guys that have been put together trying to play in a different style. So it's taking a bit of time. But he then took over in the second half and he just seemed to have that sense of he'll make a decision He'll, you know, he'll pull a pass. He'll, he'll chip over the top. He'll do whatever it is that he feels he wants to go and do. He did it with a smile on his face, and you say, "God, he's wearing that fairly lightly. That's nice. I like. I just, I, I think it's a personality thing. Um, but he's also big. He's six, like we're just saying, he's six three or six four. So he's like, that gives you great confidence. He's a big, he's a big guy. Um, but I think he's got a lot of good skills and I think he still makes wrong decisions he does all the things that, that lots of players do that are wrong but he seems to be fairly unflappable that I really like that in right. yeah. and he's also he's um, like he stood up to getting smashed a couple of times you know so he's taking it to the line it's I've watched this for for, for years now, now this is mostly to do with 10s and what am I talking about 10s but the the pressure that a 10 is under and the pressure that a 10 is under taking the ball to the line, knowing you're going to get hit either just before you release the ball or just after you release the ball. Um, it's natural for you to take a step further back and to, to delay that. You're looking at guys that are 20 stone. It's natural to do that. And you can see when the pressure comes on to an awful lot of new 10s, um, that they go further into the pocket because it means that they're able, they've time to make their pass. So they're only making half the decisions that they have to do it. But the decisions that they make on the gain line are often the ones that put players into the gap to score. He didn't seem to shirk away from that. So, and now he might get a shock and he might drift back a little bit more this time, but will he get back up to the front? So it looked for me that he didn't have that 
kind of it's not fear but it, that's uh, trepidation for for that point were you calm when you came on the scene no no, no. how long did it take before you felt calm out there um in an Ireland jersey I was I calm I was I, I was I was a bit mad as opposed to calm um but I kind of got used to the tempo of it fairly quickly. Um, it's quite frightening actually coming onto an international field. I remember telling guys on your first cap, it takes about 20 minutes to figure out the beat of it. You run left and the ball goes right. You get you manage to go in the wrong way every time. You're running around like a headless chicken trying to get yourself sorted um, because you want to have an impact. So you're rushing to where it is. Once you get over that, you try and, and see. The game has changed an awful lot. That's more prescribed now. But for us then, yes. you're trying to put your head up, have a read, see where the ball is, see where the ball is going to be make your decisions based upon that it's entirely different from front row forward to, to yeah. going to a guy who's <laughs> controlling the game at 10 uh, One last point Rory the extent to which Joey Carberry's stock has fallen not at international level but at Munster level is the story of his season what's yeah. happened here why has the stock fallen so dramatically even at provincial level Like I couldn't point to one performance maybe the Fiji game where I think they were very disappointed in a number of players and that was a very damaging game when Ireland you know, didn't really show up at home to Fiji in between the South Africa and Australia games and Carberry was picked to start that game having started in Paris and done quite well he got fairly good reviews and started the following week against Italy and then played in all three tests in New Zealand I, I suppose the way they dropped off once Johnny went uh, off injured after the HIA in, in the first test at Eden Park I, I thought that was more of a collective thing but I mean I suppose Joey is the one who's come on it's the one big change and, and maybe his stock suffered a little bit then and the Irish coaches became a little bit alarmed and then he got injured in the week after that Fiji game if not in that game and I think from Ireland's point of view the way Ross Byrne handled that week and, and obviously kicked the goal but also the way he commanded the, what you hear behind the scenes it's about voice it's about presence it's about speaking up when you're you're supposed to speak up it's about you know, I don't think anyone can do what Johnny does in terms of his presence, but I think Byrne and Crowley are more like him and are more commanding, are more um, leaders. Like Joey, I don't think is a type A personality. Uh, he's more quiet. He's more off the cuff. He's he he, he plays. Uh, he, he's a beautiful style of player and always has been, but he's not that. Um, see, I don't think he sees the picture in the same way, and I think Prendergast sees the picture to bring it back to him. And I guess we started seeing it with Munster then. It's almost like Ireland made, like a lot of these decisions, like Jemison Gibson Park and, and, you know, Kieran Treadwell and a few others, Tom O'Toole, Ireland saw the picture first and Munster almost followed. And we started seeing Crowley picked at 12, but Joey was taken off in big games before Crowley and Crowley saw it out. And slowly but surely they seemed to lose faith in him and he didn't do anything to change their minds. There's been no standout uh, signature performance from Carberry to say, hang on a second, I'm still here. There hasn't been bad performances. There's been no stinkers, really. No. They've been all fine. His goal kicking has, hasn't been as good as it used to be, but I don't think it's been appalling either. But they're watching him every day in training. They're watching Crowley every day in training, and they've gone with Crowley, and he was on the bench in, against the Sharks. And I mean, like, the Sharks' performance, the 10 wasn't really... That was quite a per peripheral issue. I mean, it was breakdown stuff. It was... And I know commanding the game and running the game is still a, lot, a big part of it, but if you're behind the beaten pack, it's very hard to do anything. And Crowley started. He came on... Um, did he come out at 15 that day I think he, I, I, I'm not 100% but then they go with Healy who's gone at the end of the season so that's another well that's the, the damning part of no confidence yeah, in him and, and Healy and justified the selection because he came on the, off the bench and was superb last weekend and I'm sure they're going 
we wish Andy Farrell had made a, made a bit of a play for him and stood up to Gregor Townsend and tried to keep him but again we've just talked about about 10 outer out halves and he's got capped and he's happy with his decision so Carberry's in a dark place now because Healy's gone his route back to a Munster jersey is quite clear next season but next season's too late for him he needs to be playing now he needs to be showing Andy Farrell that he's the, that he's still got it because he's had one World Cup go south because of injury you know he went to Japan but he should never have gone to Japan he, was, he wasn't he was fit yeah. he played hurt and it damaged him for a couple of years and it may still be damaging him now I, don't, I think his confidence has never really recovered um, to the extent where he was running games against Gloucester you know before the injury but yeah. it's it's very hard to see a route back from him it's very hard I can't think of a parallel story of a place of a player who's fallen from grace so quickly and we've had players play themselves out of World Cups but at this a player of this profile at this stage I can't think of one and it's funny when I asked you the question I was asking in the context of World Cup selection being off the table so Keith the question to you maybe you think World Cup selection is still on the table is Joey Carberry going to save his Munster career next year is actually the question hanging over him at the moment yeah I I don't believe that that's the question Um, and I think He's not being picked in a squad of twenty-three. No, no, for he, these important games. I mean, no, no, I, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm it's, not. It's dire straits, no. Yeah, it's di- it's dire straits. We also don't know whether he is carrying an injury. Whether Munster, Munster were asked, and rather than say there is a bit of an injury, they were very pointed. No, and, say and I, under, no, I understand. No I understand that, but um, the idea of somebody having a niggle for a period of time that isn't an injury for you not to get picked, but it can have a sort of negative impact over for a period of time. It can be the case. He has really good qualities. Um, he can light the place up. He hasn't done that for a while. Mm. Munster are now beginning to play the style that really should suit him. Mm. And I would agree with you. <laughs> confidence confidence is amazing. An amazing thing. How destructive it can be You know, when you have a drop in confidence. So his idea or whatever it is that he has to do, he needs to try and get back onto the field. And whether he gets back onto it in the next few weeks depends on how long Munster season is or not um, to then going back to train to try and get himself into a place of where his confidence is up again so that's the step so rather than saying is he going to protect his Munster career is he going to go on a, on a World Cup the thing that he needs to do first is the thing that he can only deal with which is train as hard as he possibly can get himself into the best condition he can hopefully get rid of any injuries if there's any and start building his own confidence that's the only thing he can actually deal with so all the other stuff is so far outside his control at this present moment in time and so do I think everything is off the table is the World Cup off the table for him I really don't I actually think that he has the amount of caps that he has he is one of the guys that can play Um, he needs to have a summer of summers let me phrase it this way then what do you think Andy Farrell and his team have seen in Carberry in the last year or two that they don't think they want anymore well I know we had this conversation a couple of years ago and we were trying to see if we can build up the amount of players and we were asked a question about Ross Byrne and and I remember saying it, they know what Ross Byrne can do. The other guys may offer something else, but they know what Ross can do. And if they don't pick him, they always know what they can go back to. Well, they did that this year. And they went back to a player who, who I think played some of his best rugby and took a bit more control than he had in the past. And I think he leapfrogged a few guys. They also know what Joey Carberry can do. They also know that he's lost some of his 
um, whatever moxie. You know, he doesn't. He just doesn't seem to have that that spark about him. Can he get it back? You know it when you see it in training. It becomes very hard for us, three of us sitting behind a desk, yeah. saying, what are we seeing um, uh, week in, week out? So maybe they're not seeing enough. Maybe they will see enough because there are five or six guys that are in there. There's going to be three guys that yeah. will be brought. Well, there will be, there'll be four, probably four in the training camp. I'm trying to think. Ross Byrne was in the training camp for, for 19 and he played against England and then he was cut. So they, they went with Carberry... Uh, Carty and Sexton so the, uh, he was brought in the week of the Italy game because there was an injury to Sexton so he trained that week but then by the end it was Frawley was picked ahead of him now Frawley also plays 12 Carby plays a bit of 15 it, the bank of work he's done in this World Cup cycle would suggest that there's enough of, they rate him enough to bring him in for a training camp if they still have some faith that he can make it so send him off wherever he wants to go on holidays for a couple of weeks just forget about this season we're going to start fresh on June 16th or whatever we're going to get you a proper pre-season you're going to train with us and it's up to you to displace the guys with you and the, there's no real limit on how many they, they bring into that training camp and the, if he doesn't make that then he's in real trouble because there's no rugby there's no Munster won't be back training until after that so it's going to be very hard unless you're in that yeah. group at the start the starting line is really important and I think he's won if he doesn't make that he doesn't he may not get into the mm. World Cup then yeah. um, but he then goes back to rebuild his rugby career yeah. with Munster and so it's real trouble but it's not real trouble It's he's just not going to a World Cup and yeah. that's, that's unfortunate right so um, but at 27 there is far too much rugby left in that guy. So I, whereas I, look, I think his lack of confidence or whatever it is, is, is it's hard to watch actually. And he, he suddenly has drifted off because it wasn't, as you say, a huge drop. He's just drifted off. And it, it'll come back to the idea as to whether, what does he have as a rugby player to offer? And it could be back at 10 or it could be back at 15, you know. But he is still too good a footballer you know, we're not giving up on him. Mm. You know, and thirty-one and is not old know. for the next World Cup. No, but I mean, he wants to be in this one. You know, this that's yeah, they all want to be on this one. But right now, he just looks like he could do it a holiday. Yeah, yeah. As you said, it's not nice to watch because he's such a talent and such a joy. Well, no, to it's watch. not nice to watch any a guy who who I think a lot of things were were pinned on him, and I, I do agree. I, he got a horrible injury at the last World Cup. Mm. It's taken him an awful long time to to come back from that, and and the difficulty when you come back and you get injured again and come back and you get injured again and then you have to stop again for another large period of time that's unbelievably stressful I think he's managed to get himself out of that and it just hasn't lit the way he'd like to and now it's just kind of drifting a little but there's I, I keep putting it this way there's too much rugby in that guy yeah, for us not to want to yeah. see it again there's three of them like, I mean Larmer and Stockdale are in a similar boat they're just not 10 so we don't talk we do talk about them inter intermittently here but Larmer can't get in the 23 for big European games for Leinster and Stockdale can't get in anywhere near the Ireland team even though he's in the squad and like between 16 and 18 these were the few this was yeah. half of your future <laughs> back line but other players have come the competition it's it's it, it, part of what what's Joey Harvey's problem is that two very very talented out halves have come through the Munster system and they're excellent like they were very good on Saturday like he couldn't argue that there's nothing cruel sorry it's very cruel to watch but Graham Rountree is justified in making that decision because the two players that played played well and they beat the Stormers away for the first time in 20 games yeah. both homegrown both come through the system I know one's gone off to play for Scotland which is his, you know, his birthright but um, the other one's playing for Ireland I mean 
the competition is really good because now if Carberry has to go to another level to get back in and Carberry at another level is a great thing and if he doesn't make it and he's not good enough that's his lot he's, he's done some great things in the game but you got to keep doing them okay We'll take a short break. Rugby and Off the Ball is with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. We're back with Keith and Rory in just one moment. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Welcome back. So Keith Woods in the studio. He has graced us with his presence. Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent is also here. Uh, I had planned for the Sam Prendergast conversation <laughs> to be 10 minutes. Yeah. So we went off and one there. I will uh, throw it open to the floor. There are the games. I mean, you watched the games over the weekend. You both did. And there are the upcoming games. We went through a lot of them on, on Monday night, but by all means, take it in that direction if you want. The other big news, of course, is Jack Nienabar. How do we pronounce his name? Because I've seen every version over the last 48 hours. Well, Keith did a little bit of research. I'm, I'm stealing Keith's limelight, but you're looking at me. It's Nienabar, I think. More of an emphasis uh, on the A. Yeah, a little bit of a... Yeah, I mean, I, I I would hesitate to do a full Afrikaans accent, but yeah, Nina Arbor is safe. I actually, enough. I also got a an American version, yeah, which, yeah. Yeah, which I don't want to say it because that'll be in my mind set there forever. But <laughs> okay, Nina Arbor. Yeah, touch more of an A in there. Well, yeah, we don't we that. don't know. So we'll 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 ask him on at some stage, and he'll tell us how to pronounce his name. Uh, this is not a an appointment any of us would have predicted, uh, not least because he doesn't seem to fit in with the the Leinster vibe. It's not a straight swap, Lancaster out. Nienaber in in terms of their points of emphasis so do you like this slightly more defensive voice coming into that Leinster coaching ticket uh, I I originally thought it, it was I didn't like it you know and I know he's a good coach and I just thought yeah, I, I really like the way Leinster play right so that's yeah, that's one of the one of the, the pieces of it um, but it goes back to a, a Conversation I had with Drico years and years ago when he was still playing, and he was talking about Josh. And he said, "Would you would you just wouldn't believe how good he is?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "His attention to detail is fantastic. It's so brilliant." I said, "Yeah." He said, "We won't get somebody like him." I said, "You won't, but you'll get somebody who thinks differently, and that'll change it a little bit. It'll be different, and whether it'll be different, good or different, bad or whatever. But each coach brings something different." And when I kind of digested the fact that um, that they'd gone uh, um, with Jack, uh, the um, I said this is an unbelievable piece of work from Leinster to go and have somebody that's involved with a very different style of the game. Um, that is one of the key components of the game which is the hard defence and a bit of South African a bit of South African but if they can get that blend right that pushes them onto the next level mm-hmm. again so you have to change you have to um, you have to keep people guessing with it and, and if you, the, the more you stay the same you know and, and I actually feel that Lancaster consistently changes 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 yeah. and I do think that that has kind of happened I just think this throws it entirely differently. I don't know that they lose that idea of trying to attack from from everywhere and uh, you know exposing players in the opposition consistently. But I just think it could make them you know differently more aggressive. I don't know what it is. No, I, d- I did have the thought Rory that when we have analyzed Leinster's failings at the final hurdle or two in Europe over the last number of years we tend to discuss it from the vantage point of Leinster couldn't break down 
that La Rochelle defence or Leinster couldn't break down that Saracens defence. We don't tend to talk about it in terms of, well, it was a Leinster shutout and they got their one try to win a tight game. Yeah, but there's also the forward issue. There's the, you know, there, there have been against La Rochelle and Saracens that both got on top on top of Leinster in those games, particularly in the last quarter last year. Um, and there, I think Leinster have fixed a lot of their defensive issues this year. I think there were concerns about their defence, but they were scoring for 90% of the games. They were outscoring the opponents, so it didn't really matter. But I think there's a sense that they've they've become a tougher team this year. They've become they have a meaner edge, and you can see that in, in some of their contacts. Um, it, it's a very interesting dynamic. And I, I, I suppose Leo Cullen has almost earned our trust a little bit in that he's, you know, no one saw Lancaster coming either. And, and a lot of us, well, I thought appointing Lancaster was a crazy decision because you're, you know, you're a head coach and you're appointing a, a second head coach, but it's worked a dream. Neen Aber has, as far as I know, never worked under anyone else other than Razi Rasmus. So he has followed Rasmus wherever he's gone. They've been a, a team throughout. He was a physio who still was a designated physio while he was still at Munster and with the Springboks in terms of he, he would be on the pitch wearing a physio bib while coaching the defence. But he was a physio and athletic performance trainer who Erasmus spotted and, and, and recognised he had, a, a, I think they were in the army together. So they go back a long, long time. Yeah, there's going to be a good piece in this, Rory, when you get uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I did probably write it when he was in Munster, but we can always do it again. We'll dust it off. But he's he's a fascinating character. I've, I've interviewed him and he's, he's very, very sharp. He's engaging. He's got a bit of charisma about him, even though he's not as charismatic as Razzie. And when he was a front man, he, he, I didn't think he... he, he he certainly isn't Razzie in terms of the and I mean there are elements of Razzie I don't like but also there's a huge there's charisma a there as well and, and, so this role now that they've appointed him it's like oh well, he's been a second man his whole career and, he, and he's coming over here I'm sure it, there's a good financial element for him in terms of getting he's talked about his family and I think they did like living in Limerick um, it's, it probably suits him to have Leo above him in the way that it suits Lancaster I don't know if that would suit every coach but it probably suits him how he'll be away from Erasmus, maybe he'll be liberated by the fact that he's not working with Razzie anymore. And maybe the fact that Razzie's gone a bit uh, off the rails in the last couple of years, that might he might be just quite happy to come over here and be his own man for a while. You wrote a piece about how this all came about. Mm. So Leo Cullen made the point that lots of CVs arrived in the door. Mm. Did you apply? No. Okay. Uh, Jacques Ninabers wasn't one of those CVs. Yeah, he, he, he approached Ninaber. Um I think Leo Cullen would have been quite happy to appoint Sean O'Brien to, to and, and go with what he had, but the senior players wanted a bit of a, an experienced senior coach to kind of add to what they have. And I suppose they can't go out and sign in foreign players willy nilly, but they can go and get the best of the best when it comes to coaching. Um, Goodman, and, and do you know how is it they were so impressed with Nina Arbor? Well, I mean, I, I'm sure they talked. I, I I don't know what you've heard, Keith, but certainly. Munster, the Munster players raved about him when he was there. He yeah. is, he is, he's the business. Like he is a really good defense coach. He's and probably Sean Edwards, Andy Farrell, Nienaber. It's a toss between them for the best in the world. But and equally, I have to say, we we go back to it, and we can't ever overlook the comfort that Leo gives because of the manner in which he has taken on that role. And and it wasn't easy for him at the start, mm. you know, but the manner in which he he took it on. Being the guy who def- he's like a invisibility shield for 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 coaches, they can go in to do their job, yeah. not having to do some of the other ones. I actually think there's a lot of coaches who'd be quite happy to yeah. to go into. But that Mike Blair idea. is stepping back from Edinburgh. He's the 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 
director of rugby slash head coach and he's becoming the attack coach again because he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to select the team he doesn't want to face the media he just wants to coach so there are, you're right there are um, but I suppose top men you know uh, uh, someone who's been a, a head coach I know it's only a title and an international team to go become a second man but, he, but team, he is a head it, co- but he is a head coach the, but and he's still under Rassi yeah, yeah, and yeah. so there are still they've just kind of changed titles a little and yeah. they've moved it up in that way but so. they've an interest now so they've Robin McBride who worked for Gatland who's you know the the forwards coach, scrum coach. You've got Goodman, who's come from the Crusaders, um, excellent player, but he's you know he's been that he's formed in New Zealand. Then you've got uh, Neen Aber, you've got Sean O'Brien, and they're all working under Leo Cullen. It's it's a real melting pot, you know, and and Cullen makes it work. I mean, he's he's drawing on several different influences there, and they're all going to be pulling pulling for their own style. But so far, it's worked. And Lancaster was quite a formidable presence. Would have been quite you know I think he would have been at the front forefront of these. A lot of the decisions they've made and set a lot of the agenda in terms of the style of play. Now Nina Aber has to come in with into an established coaching ticket who he doesn't really know and has to try and stamp his own attack. After a World Cup, he won't be there for pre-season. So that's a real interesting... No, you know, it's something a, we touched on on Monday. You might have a sense, Rory, from speaking to people around the camp. Andrew Goodman's coaching... Suddenly, very uh, good. Yeah, that that's now he will have more fingerprints to say the least on the Leinster attack in the absence of Lancaster. Sexton gone as well, so it's a big vacuum with those. Yeah, two and they've lost Mick Dawson, the CEO as well. Shane Nolan's come in. Um, you know, it, that's a lot of experience has left the building. Uh, you know, um, and Nolan's come from outside rugby. Now that's, that can be a good thing. A fresh set of eyes. But do you see Johnny coming back in and taking a year off and coming back in as as a coach? Medium term, I would be surprised if he didn't. At yeah. least dip his toe in the water in the way that O'Brien does. Until he realises how miserable life is in his in office. Yeah, back, banging on the door after six. Very months. hard to see a competitive animal like that just hanging out of the canteen. Him, but then, you know, other players have done it. I don't know. I, I, I think he's so much to give to the game. It's like O'Connell. Like o- O'Connell almost left, but they got him back in eventually. They they found the role that would suit him. Mm-hmm. You know, Johnny's got a young family. The week to week Leinster stuff. That's hard. Um, you know, maybe he skips it and goes in to an international setup. His brother's coach in the twenties. I don't know how they do it, but I think yeah. New Sephora, whoever replaces him, will try and find a way. Paulie nearly got away, and they didn't. And like O'Gara's got away, and and they find it very hard to find a route for him to come back. You know, it's. Do you not think uh, so, Keith? Johnny Sexton away I, from rugby for the next thirty years. Yeah, it's funny. It's because you mentioned Paulie, and um, when you're that driven really and I think partly from coming under the Joe Schmidt era as well for that particular way of doing it that attention to detail um, I said it when Paul was announced as the forwards coach for Ireland, for Ireland. I said he's it's a perfect job for him mm. because that's actually he. it would be very hard for him to start again to do something else Yeah. so for him this is what he knows, and he knows it unbelievably well. And actually, it's been really beneficial, I think, for for Farrell to have Paulie there, because he still has that attention to detail. There's mm. a little bit more, yeah. not more relaxed, but there's a, a, a wider view from 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 Farrell. I think Sexton has been all over this. It's been an obsession for him. Um, I think he'd like to be able to get away from it for a little while. Um, I think he'll see what he might be able to give. And that could be, that could be very interesting too. You know, I would think maybe so. to continue the r- ongoing rivalry he has with Raj <laughs> and they become coaching against each other. They find a Leo Collins Stuart Lancaster yeah, yeah, dynamic yeah, between yeah, the two. Yeah, of them. it's kind of fun to see whether that would happen too. But yeah, it's interesting. The uh, to wrap up, Rory, the weekend ahead. Yeah, we have Champions Cup situation to be nailed down on, on yeah. the parts of 
Munster and Connacht. We have Ireland in the Six Nations against England. Best to look there. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've been reading the stuff coming out of the camp this week, and people, you know, players coming off social media. Neve Briggs talking about how damaging this period has been, and and um, Dorothy Wall talking about how the suggestion that they don't even, I think Stephen Jones may have suggested in Sunday Times, maybe tongue in cheek, but that they don't bother, you know, they don't they don't show up because it's going to be so one sided, and they're all very insulted by that. Um, but they're in a hole and they're in a really difficult position. And, you know, England are exceptional. This is it, it. It's like two teams playing a very different sport. Uh, you know, it's such a disparity between the good the, the top teams in this tournament and the bottom teams. And unfortunately, at the moment through a myriad of reasons that we've discussed over the last couple of months they are a long 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 way away and and there's you know they're going to be battling Scotland to avoid being in with the likes of Jamaica I was listening to you on Monday and you know for Irish rugby to be in that company when the men's team are the best in the world and the women's team are that far off there is a body of work to be done and it needs to be a priority for them and I know that like the RFU got a lot of criticism I do think they are putting resources into it but it's just they're so far behind and having missed that World Cup the price they're paying for that is huge because the other teams have all moved on and they've been standing still What is a good message Keith in a camp in the short term when you're facing a team which are just better than you and are going to win what's the best way to approach a game like that which could get messy I was talking to somebody who has a really good feel for it and she was saying her sense of that English team is they need to continually self-motivate they might think oh let's try and hit 100 so that's what you're potentially facing into. What's what's your message to a, a group facing into that? Yeah, um, I can admit that there was a couple of matches we played where that was likely as well. There was a, a game, actually, uh, Gatlin's first game against France. Um, they thought that France might hit 100 points. We were so off at that stage. They beat us 18-16. And... Um, I tell you, fear plays a fairly huge mm. component of that. A mixture of fear and pride. Um, again, I think the girls can only do what they can do. They have to go out and play as well as they possibly can. And nobody else can ask any more of them than that. Um, Stephen Jones' article, I, I read I read that article. It was it was uh, it was disrespectful. And but the idea of um what happens because of failing in a, in a World Cup or um, the timing of different things in different contracts puts it all into stark relief at the present moment in time that England are a very professional outfit. Um, Ireland are semi-pro. Um, it's not quite the same. It's very, very tough. Um, but I would say that you're playing for your country and um, there's no shame in losing. Mm. But they're um, but you have to stand up to whatever you possibly can and do. And um, look, I had always I never went out on a game and said we're definitely losing today, um, even though it was highly likely for a lot of them. But you still have to go out and go for the the one in twenty chance or one in fifty chance that it is to try and get the victory. But um, the idea it's hard when kind of everybody's down and they're almost down on themselves a bit at the moment. Um, but you still have to go and uh, and play for the jersey, have that pride, try and do things simply and do them well. Mm. Um, but it's a very t- it's going to be very tough. Fellas, we're out of time. Our rugby coverage and off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent, as always. Thank you very much. Good job. And Keith Wood, don't leave it four or five years the next time. Thanks for uh, popping in. Good to be with Cheers, us. Cheers, Joe. Wednesday Night Rugby 
on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.